Hello, and welcome to American Nuthouse, where the lunatics have indeed taken over the asylum. I'm your host, the dyspeptic contrarian, and thank you for taking the time to listen to a grumpy old man complain about everything. I'm not an academic, historian, or theologian. I'm just an average American trying to have a laugh or two as a once great country sinks into the abyss. Well, it's June, and you know what that means. Yes, it's Pride Month. In today's episode, I'll talk about how much the LGBTQ community has come to dominate the cultural conversation, and if the inevitable backlash has finally arrived. But first, some recent headlines that tell you all you need to know about our current state of affairs. Children's choir stopped by Capitol Police while singing the national anthem. Yep, the Capitol Police are on the job. Those pesky kids were singing the national anthem. Stop these future terrorists before they do something truly harmful, like reciting the Constitution. A police spokesperson said they were concerned that the kids were plotting an insurrection. Harry and Meghan to stop writing books and making documentaries, as there's nothing left to say. Yeah, how long do you figure that's going to last? They've had nothing to say for years now, but that hasn't stopped them. I'm sure they'll be screeching about some imagined petty insult before the month is up. Are there any two people that deserve each other so much? Florida MMA fighter wrestles 10-foot alligator near elementary school. Look, it's one thing to let transgenders participate in school sports, but alligators? No word yet as to how the alligator identifies. Pentagon cancels family-friendly drag show at Nevada Air Force Base. The only thing better than a man in a uniform is a man in a dress, hey, ladies? And I hear they were going to do one hell of a Tina Turner tribute. Gay couple says Target refused to sell them pride-themed onesie, said it was hurtful and infuriating. I've seen a picture of these guys, and neither of them could fit into a onesie. As far as being hurtful and infuriating, isn't that every Target shopper's experience? Transgender inmate to be transferred to women's facility, get a $495,000 settlement and surgery after a lawsuit. This took place in Minnesota. There's your bastion of Midwestern common sense. No word yet on how the inmates at the women's prison feel about the imminent arrival. Happy Pride Month, everybody. Ah, the perfect segue. So Pride Month, where the LGBTQ community is feeded even more than they are the other 11 months out of the year. I'm not sure what it's like in your neighborhood, but here in Miami Beach, there are rainbows everywhere. There are so many rainbows, in fact, you'd think we're being invaded by leprechauns. I'm not sure what's in the pot at the end of any of those rainbows, but I'm pretty sure it ain't gold. Here in Miami Beach, we have a popular pedestrian thoroughfare that's dotted by restaurants, retail stores, galleries, and the like. Most of the infrastructure along the road has been painted in all colors of the rainbow. As a matter of fact, if you stand still long enough, you'll end up being painted as well. So if you're visiting our fair city this month, be sure to walk at a brisk pace. Mrs. Contrarian and I live in a high-rise condo building. In our lobby, 
Currently, the pride flag is on display. It's the old pride flag, the one with several vertical colored stripes, not the current one with the stripes and all those geometric objects that give you a headache if you stare at it long enough. So far, there hasn't been a push for the condo board to purchase the updated flag, which must mean we don't have any transgenders, questioners, intersex, two spirits, etc., 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 living in the building. The updated pride flag is being flown at City Hall, however, and several police cars have been rainbowized, which comes in handy when you're dealing with a drunk who pukes all over the car. There are activities all through the month at Pride Park. Yes, we have a Pride Park. There was a referendum a few years back where the voters in Miami Beach were asked if they were okay with giving the park this name, and the yes vote was something like 70 or 75%. There are open-air drag shows on Ocean Drive. They claim to be family-friendly, which might be true if you're the Adams family. It might surprise you, but the majority of attendees at these shows are straight women. Apparently, they get a big thrill when a gay man gyrates his tuck piece in their face. It's interesting. Some of these drag queens can look pretty damn good when they're all dolled up. Did I just say that out loud? Hmm, let's move on. Groups on the left are ranting about how unsafe Florida is for the LGBTQ community these days. Yeah, it's so unsafe that the stores are having difficulty meeting the, the demand for Astroglide. And have you seen any footage from the Pride Parade in West Hollywood? Their fetishes were on full display. The S&M float seemed to be the most popular. A bound, practically naked man was being flogged by a man clad in head-to-toe leather. Ah, the blessings of liberty. I could only watch for a few minutes, but for the rest of the day, all I could think about was how I would look in a pair of assless chaps. On the bright side, and I'm not saying anything new here, gays make good neighbors. They're not the ones committing crimes, with the exception of moral turpitude. They keep the surroundings neat and tidy. If everyone cleaned up after their pets like they do, the world would be a better place. Did you know that the average gay couple earns on average $10,000 more per year than a straight couple? Oh, the discrimination. It seems to me that the gays have it good from top to bottom, if you know what I mean. And I think that you do. And why is pride the only one of the seven deadly sins that gets a month of its own? I'm sure those that practice greed, lust, envy, gluttony, wrath, and sloth would appreciate some recognition. Actually, that kind of sounds like an episode of Succession, kind of like every episode of Succession. What are we celebrating during Pride Month anyway? Usually when we celebrate one group or another, it's their culture. You know, their food, their dance, their music. Well, I guess we're celebrating gay culture, but instead of food, dance, and music, we're celebrating who they prefer to diddle. One of the people who prefer having sex with midgets, I mean little people, going to get their own month. How about the incels? You know, the involuntarily celibate? They don't have much to feel good about. Give them a month or a week or at least a day. How about a month celebrating heterosexual marriage? We can honor routine and inconsistent sex, maladjusted children, general boredom, 
And did I mention routine and inconsistent sex? The gay community has made great strides over the years, especially among Jews. It used to be a Shonda if you were a man and brought around another man to meet your parents. Then things slowly changed. After a while, it was okay as long as he wasn't a Gentile. Then a little while after, it became okay if he was Gentile as long as he was a doctor. And a little while after that, it became okay if he's not a doctor as long as he's not black. Well, you know, things are constantly evolving. We'll see where things go from here. So how did the LGBTQs go from being an underground community to the Stonewall riots to being the balls of the bell? I mean the bells of the ball. My theory is that the straight world was in desperate need of interior designers and hairdressers. They became just another part of the Democrat coalition, another group the left could use to further their agenda and then drop when a new minority group suits its purposes even better. I think that's why the alphabet keeps getting added to. Let's do a little bit of a history lesson. Back in the 70s, it was basically just the LGBs. I'm not sure what the TQ pluses were up to at that time, but they were not being heard from. Then in the 90s, the T was added. Originally, it was for transsexuals. Now, keep in mind, these were serious people. They didn't just parade around or identify as the opposite sex. They had all their stuff lobbed off. So you can at least give them some credit for that. And of course, the T eventually morphed from transsexual to transgender. And for a decade or two, this is what we kind of stayed with the LGBT. Then in 2015, the Q was added, and there's some debate as to whether that was for queer or questioning. And then in the past decade, the pluses came into being. So again, just a short overview of how things have transpired over the years. Of course, the slang used by the LGBTQ community can be quite amusing. Here are just a few of the examples you might not be familiar with, and I'll keep to the relatively clean stuff. Prawn, that's an ugly man with a good body. Muscle Mary, that's a feminine, muscular gay man. Yester Gay, that's a straight man who used to identify as gay. There's a hundred footer, an obviously gay or lesbian person. And cottaging, that's having or seeking anonymous gay sucks. <laughs> uh, anonymous gay sex in a public toilet. How delightful. Political coalitions are difficult to keep together for long periods of time. Inevitably, there's infighting and various subgroups vying for power. We're starting to see some cracks, pardon the pun, in the LGBTQ plus fraternity. I mean, sorority. Oh, what's the use? Just cancel me now. Many gays and lesbians are speaking out against those in the coalition that wish to indoctrinate children and want no part of it. It'll be interesting to see how this pans out in the near future. I'm doing this podcast as a hobby. But just in case anyone is looking to sell a product, let me give you an example of what your ad would sound like on American Nuthouse. Hey there, all that fly the rainbow flag. It's Pride Month, and we here at Marquis de Sade Sex Toys and Lotions don't want you to be caught with your pants down. 
unless getting caught with your pants down is one of your kinks, and then that's just fine with us. Speaking of kinks, our selection of dildos, vibrators, and butt plugs will provide hours of pleasure no matter what it is that you're into. Whether you're by yourself, with a partner, or having indiscriminate orgies with anonymous hedonists, we've got something that will enhance your experience. Whether you're new to the scene or an experienced veteran, we've got a dildo just for you. For you rookies, we recommend starting with one of the smaller ones that we call the nice Jewish boy. It's painless to insert, easy to control, and will leave you wanting more. For those of you that believe bigger is always better, then give the man Dingo a try. After an hour with this baby, there will be no doubt as to who's your daddy. These devices are orifice agnostic and can be used to the delight of men, women, and others. For you BDSM aficionados, we carry a full line of handcuffs, restraints, ticklers, whips, paddles, ties, masks, blindfolds, and gags. Everything you could ever need to fantasize yourself as a prisoner at Guantanamo. Check out our website and see our vast array of rings, clamps, straps, wands, beads, and more. You'll be amazed by all the different ways you can be humiliated in both body and soul. As this is a family-friendly podcast, I can't get into too great a detail, but trust me when I tell you we've got more gadgets than your local hardware store. We've got gizmos that if they were used on farm animals would be outlawed post-haste. No matter where you fit on the sexual deviancy spectrum, we've got something to get your juices flowing. Order now and receive a free portable pump-action enema bottle, complete with nozzle. And yes, it's as fun as it sounds. As we say here at Marquis de Sade, there is no kink too rare or odd. So visit our website today. All items should be washed between uses. Vibrators have the potential to perform better than your partner. Batteries not included. And now, back to the show. As I mentioned earlier, our major pedestrian promenade has its lampposts, awnings, and other structures painted the colors of the rainbow. What's odd, though, is that most of the retail establishments that line the road haven't decorated their windows with pride symbols. This is quite unusual, as in past Pride Months, you'd be hard-pressed to find a single storefront that didn't participate in virtue signaling their support. Is it possible that even in super gay-friendly Miami Beach, a backlash might be taking shape? We've seen sales and stock prices drop for companies like Anheuser-Busch, or that's commonly being called now, Transheuser-Busch, for their creating a can of Bud Light with the image of Dylan Mulvaney some Ivy League-educated marketing executive, thought that this would be a good idea to appeal to some guy who just put in a 12-hour day on an oil rig. Then Target said, hold my beer, and decided to sell tuck-friendly bathing suits. That's the last thing I need. Why aren't they selling bulge-enhancing bathing suits? Inquiring minds want to know. Target wasn't through just yet. They have an entire line of Target Pride for Kids items. These products are mostly rainbow-themed. They've got Mickey Mouse silhouetted in a rainbow. The same for Lilo and Stitch, whoever the hell they are. 
and Star Wars characters, including C-3PO. Now let's face it, we always suspected C-3PO was gay. They have bibs with sayings such as, always proud and rebel girls celebrate pride. They even have a pride section for pets. There are tank shirts and collars for dogs and cats that say love is love in the colors of the rainbow. So in this case, Target went a little too far. It was okay to market this stuff to adults and some thought even children. But when they come for the pets, well, that gets the normies all riled up. The Los Angeles Dodgers are receiving plenty of pushback for their LGBTQ advocacy. They decided that they would honor a group called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence at their Pride Month ceremony. For those of you that don't know the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, they're a bunch of men that dress as nuns and spend most of their time mocking Catholic tradition. So the Dodgers weren't satisfied with having some anodyne recognition of the community. No, instead they decided it would be a good idea to insult their significant Mexican Catholic fan base. Who makes these decisions? Is it possible that corporations are reconsidering whether it makes sense to get involved with cultural issues? Might they finally be waking up to the fact that they exist primarily to sell their products to the widest possible consumer base? It's a bit too early to tell. I'm guessing that they think these boycotts will blow over sooner rather than later. One thing that's for sure, these boycotts caught them by surprise. They've been spitting in the face of the average American for quite some time with little pushback. Not that it matters, but I always wonder if the executives at these companies truly believe in the things in which they virtual signal. Now that they're starting to take a hit to the bottom line, I guess we'll find out soon. I used to believe that it would be a benefit to America to have corporations operate with as minimal regulation as possible. Those were the days when big business knew that their job was to make a profit for their shareholders. Nowadays, they seem to have other priorities. The investment banks that they count on for credit are now pushing ESG pretty hard. For those of you unaware, ESG is environmental, social, and governance. Banks such as BlackRock, Vanguard, and many others control over $20 trillion and can withhold credit or charge higher rates to companies based on their ESG score. Whereas making shareholders happy used to be the main priority for corporations, ESG has made stakeholders the priority. If you're wondering, stakeholders can be practically anyone, employees, people in the community, and especially activists. Included within the ESG umbrella are how companies are dealing with climate change. Do they have a diversity, equity, and inclusion department? Are they standing up for the right causes? And many other things. Based on these criteria, the banks assign scores that determine what their cost of credit will be. Is it time for the Republican Party to harken back to the days of Teddy Roosevelt and once again become trust busters? Have corporations become too powerful? Some have become near monopolies, and there are many other that are oligopolies. Many are in cahoots with the government as they rent-seek and stifle competition. 
has noted, they are getting involved in government policy that doesn't have anything specifically to do with their core business. An example would be Disney and their push against various legislation in the state of Florida. We may despise the politicians, but at least we get to vote, sometimes more than once, for them to represent us. I say break up the big power players. That includes these investment banks, the tech companies, and others that wield too much power. Now, I'm no socialist. I still believe in free market capitalism, but the system works best when there are many companies competing in the same markets. We can only hope that these dominant corporations are learning the hard lessons of Bud Light and Target. Now, getting back to Pride Month for a minute, I'll just say this. I believe that most Americans, including conservatives, don't give a hoot about who consenting adults choose to have sex with. If looking at a hairy ass is a turn on, then I'll chalk that up as to just another mystery of the universe. Just do what you like in the privacy of your own home. And for goodness sake, leave the children and pets alone. And now for my personal peeve, apps. And by apps, I mean those damn things you need to install on your phone if you want to get anything done these days. Not the thousand plus calorie plates of nachos, quesadillas, or mozzarella sticks you can wolf down before the entree gets to your table. I'm not a Luddite exactly, but I would like to be able to live my life with as little hindrance from technology as possible. Now I need an app to do everything from paying to park on a city street, check in for a doctor's appointment, and show my ticket for admittance into a sporting event. I know I'm a piker, but I currently have approximately 75 apps downloaded on my phone. These apps are for airlines, banks, email, YouTube, news sites, rideshare, brokerage firm, hotels, movie theaters, restaurants, and a whole lot more. Maybe someday these apps will prove to be a time saver, but for now they're just a royal pain in my ass. Heaven forbid you need access to an app in an area with poor Wi-Fi or cell phone coverage. You get halfway through the dozen screens of information you're asked to complete, and the app just dies. And why do I need to fill in the information that hasn't changed from the last time I used the app? I don't know about you, but I find it difficult to remember more than two passwords. So I pretty much use the identical password for all my apps. I'm sure that identity thieves love people like me. Inevitably, when I'm trying to access one of my apps, I'll be informed that the password I entered is incorrect. It will then prompt me to answer a security question, one that I supposedly created when signing up for the app. Something like, what is the atomic number for astatine on the periodic table of the elements? I assure you I have no recollection of setting that up. Why would I have selected a question that had to do with chemistry, which was one of the several subjects I wasn't very good at at school? But as it turns out, the atomic number for acetine is 85, which is the number that Wesley Walker, my favorite wide receiver, wore while playing with the New York Jets, which must have been why I selected that question in the first place. Oh, it's all too much. Quick question. 
If a hacker gets a, access to your retirement account and makes a withdrawal prior to turning 59 and a half years of age, does he have to pay a penalty? Just wondering. These companies try to sell you on the benefit of using the app as opposed to the benefit they derive by having to hire fewer employees. If these apps are so good, why do they need to update them every 15 minutes? I was at a hotel recently, and while not required, you were encouraged to download your room key and use it via their app. In order to use the elevator, you had to pass your room key through a scanner. I had a physical card key and was able to select my floor with no problem. A couple on the same elevator, however, was trying to get to their floor using the key on their app. Their effort was in vain, and after spewing many a vulgarity, they needed to go to the front desk for a real key. I'll say it again. If these apps were so wonderful, if they saved us so much time, if they made the act of buying anything any easier, we wouldn't need to be tempted with free stuff in order to use them. And while dealing with a live person at a bank, retail store, or entertainment venue isn't always the pleasant experience it used to be, I would much rather get angry and frustrated and curse at an imperfect human than an inanimate app. Well, that's enough for today. Time to head to the doctor and get the wax removed from my ears. Isn't aging wonderful? If you enjoyed this episode, please give me a five-star rating and tell a friend. If you would like to get this podcast automatically, then please subscribe. If you would like to drop me a line, you can email me at AmericanNuthouse at gmail.com. That's AmericanNuthouse, all one word, at gmail.com. I hope you join me again next week for another episode of American Nuthouse. And until then, this is the Dyspeptic Contrarian signing off.